We welcome in from In Goal Magazine and NHL.com. Kevin Woodley joins us. And uh, Kevin, uh, the, the e-bug situation, I thought, uh, in the NHL uh, emergency backup goalie, people were all like, oh, they got to get traveling goalies. I'm like, pump the brakes. I thought there was a little overreaction to it. Uh, the NHL decides that they're not going to do anything. The only thing I would say, like, like, who is the emergency backup goalie in Vancouver? It's one of the. Uh, it's a rotation of three goaltenders um, from UBC. Yeah, so it okay. kind of depends on Perfect. whether they're playing on the weekend. It'll be the third stringer. Yeah. Um, but a lot of nights it's Ryan Toth, who you saw in uh, against the Toth. University of Alberta, is capable of playing at an exceptionally high level. With uh, you know has a CHL background, and um, you know it's it's a higher standard, frankly, uh, than than what we saw in Toronto the other day. And to me, that was where they were missing. Um, I get the. I, I'm kind of with you on pump the brakes on traveling goalies. I understand that, but at the same time, Jason, like uh, there maybe there's a little part of me that wanted this to finally lead to the adoption of of the concept of a practice goalie, and I thought there might have been a fit there, or as or as Ray Ferraro called it, sort of a bullpen goaltender. Um, I know I think it could benefit a lot of number one goalies to have that option, uh, and I think we'll get there one day. I guess this just isn't going to be the way we get there. Well, if you want to get a practice goalie, lots of teams have a third goalie. Just bring him on in practice. But to, to take him on the road, I just think other teams, like Edmonton is using the Grant McEwen goalie. Vancouver is using there. Like, Toronto has tons of universities there. Like, the fact, and, and no offense to Ayers, it worked out great for him. He wasn't tested very much, but he stopped eight of the ten shots. He had an 800 save percentage, right? Probably you know, expected, I would think. But he didn't face a lot of quality shots, so good on the team in front of him. But I'm happy they didn't change it. But to me, it should be common sense. You know what? We're going to make sure we have a guy who's played at a fairly high level. And if you're playing U sports hockey or college hockey, then you know what? You're decent enough if you have to go in an emergency that you're going to know how to get across the crease. And most most likely, you're not going to get injured again because you're blowing a hamstring at 42 when you haven't played in 10 years. Yeah, and, and at, at the very end of the day, as much as a part of what makes the story so compelling, and I've heard from other e-bugs around the league that this is the right thing and don't change this, yeah, because you're a beer league goaltender and, frankly, a low-level beer league goaltender who wants to see other low-level beer league goaltenders and yourself continue to get this shot, this opportunity. You want to cling to this dream. I get it. Hey, I'd love, I'd love that opportunity myself, Jason, but I'm also self-aware enough to know that I'm not good enough for that. And there are a lot of guys in this area that would be ahead of me on that list, and there should be in Toronto as well. It also doesn't help that, you know, maybe find a guy that's not going to, you know, be wearing Maple Leafs or Toronto Marley's colors, pads, mask, everything. That, that, That wasn't a great look either. 100% 100% agreed with that. So, But you know what? The, hey, it's, it's the Maple Leafs, so uh, they kind of did it to themselves. Boo-hoo. Um, I do want to get to uh, the Vancouver Canucks. And, you know, you lose Markstrom for as long as it, I felt like that injury was going to be really hard for them to overcome because it wasn't just his numbers. It was his numbers and the type of shots he was facing. He was facing a lot of quality shots all the time. And so, you know, last night, they're up 3-1. to one. They played quite well. I didn't. I didn't really hate the the Nash the second goal. I thought it was a pretty nice shot. But then they gave up two power play goals. Really, you know, Deming the one that went right through him five hole. That's probably one that you would like to have back. But when you look at uh, at Demko, do you think he can play well enough to keep the Canucks in a playoff spot? 
I think he's capable of it, but until you do it, you haven't done it, right? And this is a whole new level of pressure and situation for him. And, you know, the reality is he wasn't able to do it the first couple of starts. It's interesting because Markstrom has faced, uh, you know, last I checked, like the second most high percentage shots in the NHL. Only Carey Price has seen more. But what truly separates Jacob Markstrom, what has him atop of the, the goal differential list in terms of the number of goals he's saved, according to a company like ClearSight Analytics, like number one in the league, the separator is not giving up the bad ones, Jason. Like that one that goes in on Domingue is a clear sight shot from above the top of the circle, even though it's a power play. Um, and, and, and hey, like Wierenski can hit it. There's a reason he's got 20 goals. But Jacob Markstrom has given up one clear sight goal the entire season, four low percentage goals the entire season. Both of those numbers are hands down far and away the best in the NHL, and that's where it's hurting them. The bad goal against Toronto by Demko, the, I wouldn't say bad goal, but one you'd like to have is the, is the line I guess you'd use on that Domingue uh, uh, power play goal that went through him. Um, those weren't happening with Jacob Markstrom. So as much as the focus even here in Vancouver, is, I keep hearing this, like, do they have a goalie that can play at this level, that Vesna caliber level? He sees so many tough shots. The real, the real thing that's made Markstrom so good is what he does on the easy shots, and that is he does not make mistakes. And in each of these last four games on the road since he was hurt, we've seen goals like that go in. Um, the numbers tell you when a goal like that, low percentage goal goes in, your team loses 80%, 86% of the time unless the other goalie also gives one up. And the Canucks have given one up in each of these games so far, and so the results aren't surprising. Kevin Woodley from Ingoal Magazine and NHL.com joins us. And uh, Kevin, goaltending is such a big part of the game, uh, no doubt about it. So when, when, you, when you look at a guy like Mike Smith, because I'll tell you, when the calendar turned to 2020, Mike Smith had really struggled at the end of November and through December. Now, the entire team had a tough uh, December, but Smith definitely did. It was, you know, 38 years of age. People are thinking, okay, he's done. Well, he's turned back the clock. He's second in the NHL in wins in that time. He's 918 save percentage. He throws a fight in for fun. And, you know, he's obviously still a, one of the elite puck handlers in the NHL for goaltenders. But when I look at Smith's game, like, I think he's just, he's a little bit less active in the pipes and that's allowed him to be better. But I don't know the technical side as well as you. So what have you seen differently in Smith in 2020 that wasn't there late in 2019? Well, how many times has he ended up on his belly? And t- like, I don't, I don't have a running chart of overextended Mike Smith situations from 2019 to 2020, yeah. but I'm willing to bet you, and you would know anecdotally from having watched it, um, the number of times he ends up spread out, face first, basically with nothing left beyond that. Like, no, no, no opportunity to recover. You're done once you're in that sort of snow angel position. I'm willing to bet the, the snow angels per 60 is way down in 2020 for Mike Smith. And it's, it's the second straight year this has happened. And this is kind of why, you know, we talked, I remember even in November and December and preached a little caution because he did this with Calgary last year. Like, he absolutely stole the job from David Riddich down the stretch and was fantastic in that first round loss against the Colorado Avalanche. And to me, it's when he's, and I talked about this right when they signed him, when he's over his knees and balanced, he still plays low. He still plays, he ends up down more than other goaltenders. But when he's on his knees and over his knees versus extending and reaching, which forces him to pitch forward, that's when he's at his best. And the other part is because he plays deep, 
when he's controlled and playing deep, maybe not as much as he used to, but deeper in the crease than most, not quite Henrik Lundqvist, but again, relative to that, more than most guys, he's got to have active hands. And the only way to have active hands is to be balanced sort of in your stance and when you're on your knees. And I'm seeing more of that, and the numbers bear it out for, again, like he's you threw out some of those numbers, even from the object, uh, on the adjusted side of things, you know, since the calendar turned to 2020, you know, he saved almost seven goals. He's 10th in the league. He's right behind Tuukka Rask and ahead of a guy like Connor Hellebuck since 2020 started. And the positive news is Mikko Koskinen is also still on a positive side of that scale. He hasn't slipped into negative numbers. Not quite where he was early, but not in his negative numbers. And the amazing part to me is despite this sensational run since the new year, Smith is still in negative numbers overall this season, which goes to show you how bad it was before, even when you adjusted for the chances, and yes, the team was struggling in December, but when you wash all that out and just compare it based on expected, he was still well below that. And so uh, I still think things in front of you make it easier to be balanced and and to not get spread out because you're you trust where the play is going. You don't get extended as often. That all helps any goaltender, and it helps Smith as well. As far as why he's been able to do this two years in a row, just almost like a switch at the start of the year, I don't have that answer, even though I can tell you what it looks like. Why it takes half a year to get there, I don't know. But if you're the Edmonton Oilers, you're happy as heck he got there now. Okay. And uh, I, I like that Snow Angels per 60. Uh, people would be loving that one. Now, uh, Pekka Rene, interesting. I looked at his numbers in, in 2020 as well, rather than the whole year, because you want to see how individuals are playing recently. So in his last 12 starts, Kevin, he, he's basically been, you know, he's got a 9-11 save percentage, which overall is, is pretty okay. But then I dig into it, and he's either been really good or he's struggled. There, there hasn't really been a, a middle ground with him. Uh, in the six games, he has a, a save percentage anywhere from 935 up to uh, 978. And then in the other six games, like it goes from 765, and most of them are in the eights, and then he has, you know, I guess his best of his worst performance at 903. So, and he's a 38-year-old. Are we just seeing a little bit of a wear down from Pecorine where he can't bring his top game consistently? I think what you're seeing here is an actually anticipated, uh, at least on my end, struggle to adjust to a new role. Pekka is a guy who has been open and honest about his status as sort of a goaltender that needs to sort of be busy to feel good about his game. He plays a busy game. You talk about Mike Smith not being as active, not being as aggressive as he's played better. Pekka's always felt like he needs to be active. The hands we always used to talk about, you know, his, his roots in Finnish baseball, Pesapola, catching pucks on his blocker side with his glove, scooping pucks, low shots along the ice with his glove to take away rebounds, those active hands, that Finnish model. And I can remember even like even early in his career, goalie coaches around the league going like, God, he's so active for being so big. Like sometimes you'd like him to just be a little quieter and close those holes, but that wasn't how he felt good. And credit to Mitch Korn at the time and, and Ben Vanderklok, now the goalie coach with the National Predators, they found a way to make him, allow him to sort of feel that comfort of being busy and active as a goalie and still play well, um, as opposed to just becoming a passive, use your size and, and get in the way of the puck kind of guy. Um, the problem is, and even when, he, when they became a low-event team, he started handling the puck more just so he could feel involved in the game. Again, feel busy. 
Well, it's hard to feel busy when you're watching UC Soros get the majority of the starts. And so Pekka Rene adjusting to a backup role, to me, was always going to be a difficult adjustment. The good news if you're the Edmonton Oilers facing the Predators tonight is UC Soros has been, whether statistically or anecdotally, and it's mostly about that consistency you mentioned, has been the better of the two goaltenders. As a matter of fact, since... Since 2020, like Smith, the calendar turns. UC Saros is the fourth best goalie in the league when you look at his adjusted numbers. So they're getting a break in getting Pekka. The bad news is for Oilers fans is Pekka, like you said, is either hot or cold. And if you get him hot, he's damn near unbeatable. The key is to not try and be pretty. It's to create scramble opportunities around him. Because he's so active, there. There's a lack of efficiency in recovery and in second, second sort of second save opportunities. If you can drive wide, even down to the goal line, and get pucks into the crease and create those types of scramble situations, as much as you'd think a goalie of his size would be able to just close the holes and stay in front of it, when he starts scrambling like that, yeah, he's going to make the odd spectacular one. But that, to me, is when he's off his game. That's when you can expose him, is when you get him swimming around and you know, twisting around and trying to stop pucks to his left by swinging his arm back over, or to his right by swinging his arm back away, you know, back across his body. Um, there's just a that's when it comes out to me. And that's, that's to me, Pekka at his worst, as much as it leads to the highlight real saves that a lot of people think of as Pekka Rene at his best. So uh, I can't tell you until we see the game which one you're going to get. I guess the downside is he has been more, like he's found it more often in the last three starts, and that's a positive sign that he is making that adjustment. But I guess if you're an Oilers fan, you're kind of hoping that tonight will be another one of those nights where he feels a little out of sorts because he hasn't been playing much. Kevin Woodley from Ingo Magazine and NHL.com uh, joins us. Uh, later, this, the orders, uh, you know, you got Bishop in Dallas. Uh, then also uh, they got Crawford uh, probably on uh, on Thursday, I would assume, against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, what did you make of that move by the Blackhawks? Uh, they get rid of Leonard. They're keeping Crawford, uh, even though Leonard's way younger and playing better. Well, and here, here's the one part of that that kind of got lost in the equation, and admittedly by myself as well, Jason, is you know, I, I was, I'm on Laner's side on this one, and maybe I'm on Laner's side a little, little too occasionally or, or too regularly because I like the guy, and I, I like everything he's gone through, and he clearly wanted to stay there, and I think his numbers actually took a beating the last two weeks he was there because he was hoping for an offer that never came. And as it became apparent the offer wasn't coming and a trade was more likely, his performance suffered. Quietly for the last month behind him, like early in the year they were splitting them and I couldn't figure it out. There was a massive difference between the two of them and not just the fact that Laner was 28 and Crawford was 35. Laner was outplaying him hands down. That hasn't been the case for a while now. You know, I talked about, you know, I... I it's the third time I've mentioned it, but because of Mike Smith's splits, I've got the screen up in front of me from ClearSight Analytics about how, who's playing best since January 1st, 2020. And we've talked about Saros and we've talked about Smith. Well, the guy at the top of that list is Corey Crawford. Hands down, number one, 13 goals saved since the calendar turned. Um, that's, that's an impressive run. And it may have been part of what led the Blackhawks to maybe think – path of least resistance here. Yes, we've had Laner in here for half a year, but Robin had certain contract demands. We, we, or he, 
they'd, we'd heard he had certain contract demands. I've heard he was willing to stay for three years at five, in which case, again, I don't understand why you let him go. But if you're the Blackhawks and you're seeing Crawford return to this form, he's been there for so long. He's a part of your core. You know how he works with the other goalies in the system that are coming up, the Colin Delias, the Kevin Lanikins, who are going to be the next ones. If he's willing to take a discount deal and stay on a shorter term, the way he's playing right now, I, 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 I'm, I guess I, I'm less critical of the Blackhawks for letting Laner go because Crawford, since, since 2020 started, uh, has shown that he can be a really good option. And that's not great news for Oilers fans heading into Chicago um, because he's been, he's been really, really good. And because they're front end to back-to-back that night, you're likely to see Corey Crawford on the front side and somebody else is going to get the lesser goaltender in either Malcolm Subban or maybe they call someone up by then on the back end of that back-to-half, back-to-back. Kev, great stuff, man. Uh, We will chat with you next week. Have a good one. My pleasure. Pleasure.